Welcome to episode 442 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode, what episode is it John? 442. I haven't even looked at my show notes this week. 442 of I Am Talk with John, Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Iles. I'm a bit flustered mate. You remember my name at least, that's always a positive start. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by? Xendurance.com. Yes, get on it. Athlinks.com. Tell your world how great you are. And John Bevan, Bo- Bevan and John. And Bevan Legends of Triathlon. We should be on our own. We should have our own podcast about us. If I'm struggling one month, you can interview me and I can interview <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Oh, where did it all begin? Yeah. Guys, this morning, last week, I, I, I felt I didn't do a good, do good enough prep for the show. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't. My memory is so bad. I can't remember what we yeah, did last week. Sometimes it was all boring last week. Right. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't enough. But, I, you know, sometimes you kind of go, oh, I probably should have known a little bit more. So I thought this week I need to sharpen up. So I got up. We were recording. John said we were recording at 6.30. I'm here at 6.20. Yeah. So I woke up. I'm, I'm doing a new form of meditation in the morning. Right. Because I meditate in the afternoon. I'm practicing yeah. a new form. Um, good. Uh, it's an app called Heads, Headspace or Mindfulness or something. And it's, it's very good. I've been doing it for a week. So I got up to my meditation at about 10 to 5. Then I did my, I, I read my daily affirmations. I'm a yeah. good boy like that. Yeah. And then I got up, got everything ready, sat down, computer set up and everything at about 20 to 6. I gave myself 30 minutes, which is way more than I need yeah. to do my show notes. Open up my show notes. Where were they, John? Were you supposed to read my mind? Where were they? Yeah. They weren't anywhere. What Didn't happened was John? Sinking. Jumbo didn't sync his Dropbox, so then I didn't have them. So I haven't even looked at the show notes today. It's gold. So I take no responsibility for my lack of preparation. Okay. It's all your fault, you see. Okay. But in this week's show, what's going to be happening, John? We're going to have some news. We've got an age group of the week. Yes. This is week five of Statistic. Statistic. Yeah, I said that pretty well. Statistic is fantastic. Coach's corner's been a while. Yes. What are we doing that on? Uh, The pose technique. Had a question around the pose Mm, running technique. Debatable. Okay, questions and answer. Oh, have you read Bevan's this? formed a big opinion oh, on the Have you read the, the um, Science of Sports? The post on it? No. Not a big fan. Not a big fan? At all. Okay, well, yep. I've, got some, uh, I've got some feedback on that, and you can add your in, in a, your bit as well. Okay. Um, although he's not a big fan of technique work in general. Uh, his book, what was the book he wrote? I read it, it was very good. Anyway, um, news, Jombo. Mm. Uh, there is no news. There is no news. <laughs> okay, well, that's why there's no show notes. <laughs> so, well, now what I thought I'd quickly do is there really is no news this week. I've got like two items and they're not even uh, that noteworthy. Well, what are they? Um, well, they're noteworthy for, noteworthy for Kiwis. This, uh, Auckland 70.3 is yeah. no longer. So what's the story there? So didn't get enough mum- numbers, so they're moving it to Taupo, uh, which is the reason Auckland 70.3 is a great race. I really enjoyed it last year. There was, How many did they have there? Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put a ballpark number. It's about a thousand, probably. And, and what were they wanting? I, I guess they probably need fifteen hundred to two thousand. So they've given it three years um, to try to. Build Is it? it? Is it- Year, was your year two? Year, year two was last year. This year's year three. So they are ha- having it in January. Um, but then uh, they're going Gonski and they're moving down to Taupo. So there's already an existing half Ironman in Taupo. It's going to be rebranded as 70.3. Uh, for me, won't have the same pool. You know, Auckland, the reason why it was good, it was a big, big city race. You fly into Auckland, straight forward, get the bus or t- taxi into town, and you're in town and it's like, 100 metres away wives and families can go shopping and does the fact that Taupo's in Taupo like I know Taupo's pretty successful anyway mm. 
But now you've got two New Zealand's biggest triathlon events it, in the same place. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a good race and it's easy to organise because there's no, you know, it's just a small town. Good and to stay for, for Ironman if you look at there's no There's no traffic lights or anything like that. It's just boom and it's just a, a nice, easy, straightforward course. There's no traffic lake. lights in Tapu. Uh, you know there is, but I don't think you bike through any. I is think Queenstown has only recently had their first set of traffic lights. Oh yeah, Queenstown yeah. had traffic lights for ages. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's um, I, I think it's yeah. Is, is this New Zealand actually? New Zealand's just got traffic lights. Yeah. For those of oh, we're backward here. TVs a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Man, was black and white is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but uh, and the other issue we've got in New Zealand now is is they they positioned that race in in mid January, so it was a nice lead into Ironman New Zealand. It's sort of about eight weeks out. They gazumped, uh, or part of the reason I'd imagine why um, Challenge Wanaka moved their date to February was probably because they were getting a bit slammed by a lot of people doing this race, yep. and they've taken this away, and now there's nothing in January. Oh, so the race, the Taupo race, isn't going to be at the no, same it's time. In December. Mm. Oh, and they haven't moved it. No. So it's it's a pain in the ass for for who people. Pe- John was pre- actually when he said that he he gave the disappointed yeah. eye look. He yeah. was actually you were gutted. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it was it was was really good timing for Ironman New Zealand, and uh, now there's really not much in January. There's your traditional Tauranga you half. You know what should happen? What the traditional Auckland half should bring it earlier because it was always late in the season. Mm. It was always after. Tapo, and I always mm. thought, oh, it's a funny time of year to have a half. It is, and that's that was always a bit of a fun half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's enough New Zealand news. Well, no, I think the question is, John, is it proving that these big city races just uh, aren't happening? They're just t- too hard, extremely expensive. I can't imagine how much it must cost to run this race. So it's in a big city. It's a, it's it's. It's, it takes in some amazing bike route, and they've got to close the main harbour bridge or a part of the main harbour bridge. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would have thought maybe a hundred thousand or so to do traffic management for that event. Yeah. It would not be too far off the mark. It could be more. Don't know. But massive logistical um, effort to close that course down. But and and, and I guess when you're only getting yeah, fifteen hundred people paying three hundred bucks, probably just doesn't add up. And gave it three years. I so gave it a fair crack. But if you're saying fifteen hundred was the goal, I don't know. I'm just plucking a number out. But I'd think realistically they're not. So then get I more suppose the next question is why hasn't it taken off? That's a pretty reasonable size number of race for New Zealand. Yeah, you know? but you, uh, is it that more Australians didn't come across? Because they tried. It's an Australian. Like, is it still going to say the championship race in Tapo? No. Oh, it's just all kind of bloody, bloody Australians stealing everything <laughs> off us. Oh man. It's yeah. uh. right. We'll win the World Cup. I have to say, for those people in Sydney right now, bloody hell, it's finished now, isn't it? Yes. Um, well, I mean, Melbourne is. Uh, I think that's sort of maybe on. Ten hooks a little bit as well. Oh, really? I've heard people sort of say, "Oh, no, no, no that's going to carry on." And you've like haven't got New York, so the big plan of going to these big cities, uh, Frankfurt, that keeps pulling it off. But that's just a, yeah, you know, a historic it's, thing. It's, it's a it? massive yeah. race. So I think it proves outside of Europe, we can't bloody organise things. What, what, what's the gospel in Melbourne without naming names? I haven't named any names, but it's been out there for a while. People going, I don't know how much longer this will last. Just because it's. Yeah, that's nothing official or anything. That's just... Uh, well, it's that. official, guys. You've heard it. You've yeah. heard it here first. Such high-class media <laughs> representation. Oh, yeah, we've been doing our, our research. Mm. Um, yeah, because it, it definitely seemed like WTC felt like they needed these big city races for big city exposure. Mm. Um, but obviously... It's proved too costly. Well, also, we're not a marathon. Like, mm. you can't pull 50,000 people off at an Ironman. And mm. so the cost factor, you know... Yeah, well, that'd be disappointing. Yes. Would you be disappointed if Melbourne? Um, uh, no, I don't. 
I haven't been to Melbourne for this race or anything, but it's not the same as Auckland. Like Auckland was proper downtown racing. It was legit. And it's the same with New York. It wasn't really New York. It was kind of you finish yeah. you finish the, the last bit of the race in New York. It was in, in New Jersey. So yeah. Um I don't personally don't think it'd make that much difference if it, if Melbourne moved to somewhere else. The key is the championship races. Yeah. Yeah. So do we know where the championship race will be for the seventy point three? The Australasian? No. no. Oops. It's just a year away. Okay. Well, I'm just you know, I'm just putting the questions out there, John. That's yep. what the people are thinking. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. I do the thinking work. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm a thinker. Okay, what else? What other news we got then? What you said you're two pieces of news. Uh, oh, the only other thing that I that I noted was Ironman Wales is nearly sold out, which I thought was fantastic. So well done to Ironman Wales. Did you do a Welsh accent? <clears throat> He's preparing. How was that? Yeah, I thought you were preparing. No, I wasn't. Uh, I haven't got a Welsh accent, uh. sorry. Uh, but I just thought it was, it was great because Wales is a really challenging course, very up and down on the bike and the run, and the swim can be tough as well. So I just thought, praise be, we've still got a race <laughs> that be. people are going after, which is not an absolute pancake where they're worried about doing the fastest time they've ever done before. So good to see. When is it? Oh, I don't know. It's probably in the middle of the... It's it's a later season race. It's in September. It's either oh, wow. August, so it's really well. It's either August or September. September the 13th. Sunday, go. September th- and 2,500 places. Mm. So that's a good, only 50 remaining. Mm. Wow, that's fantastic. So good on your Ironman Wales. You guys come over to the Auckland race. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we would have survived. Yeah. Bloody well, she let us down. <laughs> um, so the, the only other way I thought of padding out this week's news was just to take a quick snapshot back at some of the key races from this year. Because oh, I thought we'd do that next week. Oh, okay. Because next week's the last week. We have been year. asking a lot of questions to pad this news out. Okay, I'll save that for next week. Because I'm just thinking to myself, Jombo, that next week's the last show of the year. Maybe how, what we should do how is... How long have we been going for? Uh, let's have a look. Wait a second. So far we've had a mighty nine minutes. Yeah, we've talked crap for nine minutes. What a <laughs> weak start to the show. I asked you some good questions. <laughs> And, and I keep hitting you with some thinking. And nobody cares about Auckland 70.3. Yes, I, think, I think the people over there in Ireland right now, they're you crying. Go, yeah, you poor the, yeah, the, the, Oh, the poor babies. I was going to come over and get a job because yeah. all the Irish come to Christchurch for a job. Yeah. How many Irish people have you met in the last 18 months? There's a lot. Irish people, bloody stop taking our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Although, good for the rental market, so go with the Irish people. Yeah. <laughs> Jombo, what else have we got? Do you want to move on? We're, not, we're going to do it next week, aren't we? Because yeah. next week there's going to be no news, is there? There's not. Uh, we've got a Legends of uh, Triathlon podcast coming out this week with Matt Brick. Do you know what this is? It's a uh, high quality time of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Matt Brick, who is he, John? He is a Kiwi Jew athlete. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, he is a two-time world duathlon champion uh, back in the early 90s. Uh, then he's moved on to be one of New Zealand's foremost orthopaedic surgeons. And he's also got a few other layers of his life that he's one of those guys interesting interview. That when you speak to him, you think, far out, man, I thought I was half decent. And then he's just like another level of sharpness yes. isn't he because world champion athlete okay it, yeah. I'd love to have been a world champion athlete sure mm-hmm. duathlon isn't triathlon but you know and, and when he won it was of a time where he was probably more popular mm. uh, orthopaedic surgeon yes kind of New Zealand's best yeah uh, you know I teach aerobics yeah <laughs> I do a world, world renowned I just hide in my office all day every day yeah so we're, John and I we're pretty close yeah <laughs> any other news no, no, that Can is... Can you have a random news? Uh, other random news. Uh, oh, yes. No, there is Here one. Here we go. Yes. another one piece of random news, and it doesn't, doesn't paint us... Don't kiwi, me, but... doesn't paint us Kiwis in, in greatest light. So 
if we rewind back to, oh, I don't know if I can get the, I'm not going to get the year right. Tim Don won the Worlds in Lausanne. Now, he won it the year after the Olympics. Okay. After Hamish Carter. So that'd be 2005. I think I'm right there because I, be, because I remember Hamish Carter got second mm. and Tim Don a few months later got in trouble for missing a drugs test. He did. So Tim Don he had the, missed the, the three strikes rule. And so this this is this is a thing with the drug testing where you sign up uh, as a whereabouts rule. And so you have to be available basically every single day you've got to allocate one hour where you're going to be uh, for, and if a drug tester turns up you've got that to be there. pain but yeah, but you just say you're going to be at home between well, yeah, most days nine what, and ten. What about when you go to the beach with your mates? Yeah, but you say between nine and ten every day. I'm going to be at home then. If you don't want to be at home at nine, well, tough shit. You're <laughs> tough prof- shit. You're a professional athlete. Suck it up. <laughs> oh, and you change. Yes, yeah, okay. so I, I'm sure the must, there has got to be a better way with tracking and things like that. You maybe you just have a an app on your phone, so you constantly they know where you are. So anyway, 2006 it was. 2006. The reason why it struck a call with us Kiwis is he got a. He got a ban, but it didn't really go back, and he, he won the world championship. And Hamish Carter got second. And Hamish Carter, while he won the Olympic gold, never won a world championship. He was not happy about not getting that, about being beaten by somebody who had essentially failed a drugs test. Yeah. Now he hadn't tested positive, no, and but he, there are rules. He, he had failed the whereabouts rule. You get three, uh, you get three strikes, I believe it is. Yep. So you miss three times, and boom, you get hit with a ban. And the whole way that that went about was was a bit. Bit iffy, and he and he probably shouldn't have been able to race that worlds, and yeah, it just wasn't wasn't quite right. So we're not saying whatsoever that Tim Don tested positive. We're no. saying he failed to meet his. He obligations. made a bit of an amateur error. Mm. Yep. But we've had another case now in New Zealand where Chris Gemmell has had the same thing happen. So, so what happened there? I saw that. So essentially, Chris Gemmell retired at the last. Uh, when was it? After it was after after London, and he came back and had the New Zealand season, and then he his final race was uh, a World Cup race, a, a World Triathlon Series race in, in Auckland, and uh, I think it was the one where he sort of broke away on the bike with Tom, Tom Davison, and he did get the money. Yep. They needed to have the a, su- a certain uh, gap on on the field. And then he retired after that, and he's actually been doing work with ITU. But as it emerged last week, then uh, he actually failed the whereabouts one, and he's had a backdated ban from around about that event all the way through. But he'd actually retired. But I think some people are saying, well, maybe did you retire because because of that and I think well he's kind of he was kind he's of at that his days. he's past his day, due date and he was kind of retired anyway but some people were asking those questions so wait a second he had retired but he still had to be tested or he still had to keep doing this process yeah and he didn't so he, he got didn't. banned yeah oh. but I think he'd already had a couple of strikes before that so it was just a, another item of news for this week and it's just that whole whereabouts ruling you know you've got to be bloody careful about it because uh, yeah three strikes and you get a ban and you can be saying oh you were, you were hiding your drugs or anything like that well, that, 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 you know, that's the reason they have that law isn't it mm. because there are time periods around drugs where if you take these drugs you can get away with it if you can get not tested so and, but in both instances those athletes I know Chris reasonably well from, from the junior days don't think he would have taken anything but yep. you, ne- you, know, you never know with people no, so you never you know never what's know. happening inside people's heads John yeah I remember this guy when I was younger and he was as thick as crap but he said one of the wisest things to me, he goes, Bev, you never know what people are thinking. That's <laughs> so true. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a good filler. Good. Okay, while, we, while we've got to kill a little bit more time, because we've got, yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on the next section. I'll oh, just do sponsor. Oh, well, I want to do a game with you. Uh, let's just do No, because you'll like this game. Okay. Who were the world champions? Okay. Yeah, yeah, You've got to give me the location and then I'll get it. Oh. 
Let's not gonna. Oh, yes, I can. Yeah. Okay. 1996, Cleveland, USA. You had Simon Lessing on the boys and <clears throat> Karen Smiles on the girls. No. Oh, hold on. 1990. Oh, Cleveland. Sorry, sorry. No, I was thinking Mexico. That was Mexico. That was Cancun. That I just I just did. Cleveland was Simon Lessing, and the girls. Side, I was there in Cleveland. Oh, come on, we'll get the answer. Girls side of things in Cleveland. Come on, Newsom. Come on, you can do this. My females. I'm sorry, females. I'm a sexist pig. I am weaker, weaker in the girls than the boys. You are a sexist pig. We, we, we've known that for years. 96. You're saying. 96. Australian. I don't think it's Emma Carney. It's not Emma I Carney. I think it's Jackie Gallagher. Very good. Jackie mm-hmm. Gallagher, obviously, sadly, passed away recently. Um, I'll give, we'll do two more. Um, Once I start going beyond 2000 and... 2001. Location? Location. Location for 2001 was Edmonton, Canada. Pretty sure it was Dimitri Garg. No, he's... He, oh, hold on. I don't think he's ever won it. You know, he did win it once. Dimitri he won it. He, he won it when it was in Canada. When it was on Montreal on the race on the racetrack, two thousand one Canada. I'm going to struggle with this. Wait a second, no, Dimitri Gaz never won it. Oh no, sorry, wrong, John. Montreal, Montreal. Yeah, around the racetrack. Uh, Edmund, Edmonton. Oh, I see that. Uh, Edmonton. Think of the time. Think of who was around at that time. Mm. Two thousand one. You know, it's, the, the, I think this is when those first guys that start passing on. The new generations coming through. Mm. I'm struggling with it. I call Australia home. Oh, so maybe Robbo. <laughs> yes, Peter yeah. Robinson. Any luck on the gills? No. See, this is right about my low point. I wasn't really in this. This is sport. when you were doing sales rep, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hated your life. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Siri Lindley. Uh, Siri Lindley. Okay. Yeah. Hit me with the 90s and stuff. Okay, like okay, that. okay, 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 gold, okay, gold, okay, gold. okay, 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 okay. Manchester United Kingdom. Easy. That was uh, Spencer Smith on ah. the guys, and then it was a sprint finish between McKaylee Jones and Karen Smiles. McKaylee Jones took it. Yeah, she. I didn't realise McKaylee won it twice. Okay, one more. Um, December the seventh, New Zealand, Queensland, Queenstown, Queensland. Uh, Peter Ronson. Oh, hold on. What year? Uh, wait a second. What year is this? This would be two thousand and three. Yep. Peter Robinson on the guys, and then Emma Snowstone on the girls. Ah, those Australians were killing it. Mm. There you go. John's just showing off, eh? He is. Yeah, I'll put you in a good light. Uh, yep. Kill a bit of a few minutes. We're going to go uh, Extreme Endurance, and we're going to... Sponsor. Sponsor. Hold on. Oh, oh. <laughs> just break your computer. Let's make sure my sound is on. Now, now, the new OS, when you push sound, it doesn't make a sound. I don't know that. Here we go. Oh, he's, we're doing the video clip. That's basically what's happening here. Flash is out of date. Oh, you upped up your flash. It's going, to, it's going to take a few minutes. Talk about it. What are you going to talk about? It's all about routines. Oh, really? Why are routines important, John? Well, because with extreme endurance, you know, you need to be taking it. Uh, Keep your routine up. Keep sorry. Keep your routine up. Keep your routine up. Yeah. And so there was a little little post there by. Um, what do you think I said then? Because you gave me a really funny. I look. have no idea what oh. you said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew Russell, who's a Ironman winner yep. and a good professional athlete, ex endurance sponsor, and he sort of says, right. Each day, I think he's also sponsored by Timex. So he says, I've got my Timex watch set for 8.30 every night. It's 
good plug for Timex. Mm-hmm. Nice work. Um, and what he does at eight thirty every night is he has I think it was a, he has a nice bit of a stretch. Reminds him to have a stretch, but it yeah. reminds him to have his extreme endurance every night at eight thirty because nice. it's pretty easy to forget these things. So you don't need to go get yourself a Timex watch, but you need to get yourself a routine. So you could have any sort of watch, but maybe set a reminder on your phone. Beeps away, remember to take your extreme insurance every night and you'll be sorted for the next day. Reduce your muscle pain and uh, if you're on the old immune boost, make sure you're staying healthy. All you guys, you North Americans and you Europeans, you know, you're going into deep dark winter now. Those sniffles uh, become a little bit harder to, to fend off. You're not getting that, you know, that sunlight out there, you're not getting the warmth. So get onto the Immune Boost, check it out. Use promo code IMTALK5 if you're going through the .com site and you get yourself a five-buck discount. And it's all about routine, Bevan. Yeah, definitely, for sure. For sure. What's your routine? Uh, oh, everything's out of routine. You thought you had yeah. me then, didn't you? Because I was doing something else. Everything's, everything's out of routine now. This whole, once training goes, life just becomes a bloody it comes a mess. Because you when you're five o'clock every day, Get up, bomb, you're straight What's up. What's happening now? you got to be on, oh, it's just a bit all over the place. Uh, do you sleep in sometimes, yeah? Yeah. Uh. So, life's tough. It's funny how priorities change, eh? Like, it's, like I think about, I don't know how I could fit an Ironman in my life right now if I try to, but it's funny how when, at certain moments in your you life. You make it happen. Yeah, yeah you, you do, totally. You mm. prioritise it, but it's just funny how at certain times in your life, different things are um, like a massive priority for you, mm-hmm. you know, and then... It shifts and then suddenly it's like not that important for you. Yeah. And, you know, like obviously we like a certain level of fitness and we'll always be that way inclined. But, you know, like when I was doing Ironman, like I remember one of my training days was I'd get up, I'd do a two and a half hour run, bike to the gym, teach two classes back to back, bike to the swimming pool, have mm-hmm. a swim, go home, have a sleep and then teach another class. Crazy. I did it every week on Wednesday. Great. What was Commitment. I thinking? What were you thinking? It was madness. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just uh, – I know, just just kind of thinking. Yeah, yeah there you go. just putting it out there. <laughs> so check it out, xendurance.com, get yourself a routine, get yourself sorted for winter or summer. Winter or summer mm. or spring. Yes, we're going to go. We're going to have to do our next Legends of uh, Triathlon podcast interview. But through the magic of podcasting, guys, we you won't, won't be back listen in to it until second. January. Yeah, and, and we'll be back in like as soon as I finish this sentence. Yeah. And we are back, Jombo. One second, it's done. Nice cake that Joe just walked past. Oh, with. Joe, Joe just walked past me for a Christmas cake. She made a Christmas cake. Yeah, nice decoration. Joe, it took a long time, mate. Do you know what pack- they do? She made it about two weeks ago, yeah. and she keeps putting brandy in it yeah. to feed it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that. Did your parents ever light the uh, your, your Christmas pudding when it comes into the? No, do you do that? My do you? dad, he, you know, this, I think this may be more of a British. Does have the house burnt down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have your Christmas pudding, your round Christmas pudding, and then you pour brandy over it, and you have a piece, have brandy on under a teaspoon, and you get your uh, your lighter out, and you warm up that teaspoon, and then you light the brandy, and you pour it over the top, and the whole you come out, and the the, the cake's on fire. Is it really? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Was it pretty exciting? Yes. Yeah, the problem with New Zealand summer, Christmas Day, it's still daylight. You have to, we, you pull all the blinds and everything, <laughs> try to make it dark so you can see the, the cake on fire. Do you do that for the kids? Um, no. I wouldn't trust myself with the flames. And nor would I. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so uh, the discussion of the week that we had last week was... Basically, would you pay for coverage for Kona? And uh, what was the reason for, for picking that one, Newsom? A couple of reasons. Firstly, we had Challenge Bahrain. A lot of people liked the coverage that they saw there, especially the pitch quality, and uh, you didn't have the adverts and, and what have you through there. Although uh, that's probably because they didn't have advertisers. Yeah. yeah. Sure yeah. They they but, but the other big reason is in New Zealand, uh, we're getting a, a sports 
viewing is becoming a lot more fragmented. A, a number of posts on the reply to this saying, oh, all your sport's free, but it's what happens in New Zealand. We've got our free-to-air channels, and you have bugger all sport on there. And then like most other countries, then you have your subscription channels, which you pay. But the Poms to get have your, free sport, don't they, because of the... They have, they have a lot more than us. They yeah. have some on BBC, but a lot of the sport is on uh, is on your Sky or, yeah. or your, your digital channels. But what is happening in New Zealand now is... Sports are becoming fragmented, and if you now want to watch the PGA, that has been sold to an online provider. So mm. you've got to do it online. Likewise, I think, I think it's happening in American sport as well. I think you yeah. can just buy passes to see NFL, for example. Mm. Yeah, And similar in New Zealand, a big one was um, the Premier League football. So their main soccer competition, football competition, which is the biggest in the world, which is, is, is followed quite closely by a lot of people in New Zealand, that has now gone to an online provider. So... Um, yeah, I'm just interested to see if triathlon went down this path, and they do What's to a your degree. Thoughts? Before we go to the, the discussion, as a, someone who has Sky mm. and uh, kind of switches it on and off depending on the time <laughs> of the year, yeah. What's your thoughts on being someone who just uses a pay for the sport you like? Uh, I wouldn't end up watching other sports. So if triathlon wasn't my main sport so say for example if there was a, a marathon on Scott, if I was going to go right I'm going to watch some TV let's see what's on oh it's a marathon on I might watch that yep. but I would but never go online and pay Search for your marathon, yeah. So, uh, and say oh, I'll pay five bucks for my marathon pass for the year or ten bucks for a marathon so for me who's someone who doesn't have a sports TV channel like I have no sport I never watch any sport um, but it's pretty really I'll go around to a friend's house watch an All Blacks game I do have to admit I like the idea of single payer for the odd sport mm. so for me uh, like if you know to pay I don't know 15 bucks to see an All Blacks game I'm like well, 10 bucks to see an All Blacks game I'm like, yeah that would pay that or like you know I like, occasionally wouldn't mind watching a game of rugby league or a game of cricket so but I don't want to have that ongoing investment of you know because mm-hmm. I, I just wouldn't watch it so for me in some ways it's appealing it's a it's a funny one isn't it yeah but in terms of a lot of the feedback we he- had here um, a lot of people have said so da- uh, Danny Ward said would pay for Kona coverage but only if the coverage was improved and that's been a, a fairly consistent theme that's come uh, through uh, other people have said like uh, I'm doing two in a row here Jones Kalstrom I'm not even going to try to pronounce your uh, extra bits on the end there how I would not pay one euro for a race that was crappy coverage, even though Kona has a world title on the line and maybe has a better field than Bahrain. Bahrain was much more exciting to watch because of the quality of the coverage. Ironman really need to step it up if I'm going to watch Kona live one more time. I pay 10 euros for Tour de France live on Eurosport Player. That's good money spent on a live event. So you see like that, like that, you know, like I've never watched Tour de France and everyone always talks about how great it is. 10 bucks? Jeez, that's pretty good for the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of it like that. But for them, for a business case, would they get a lot more people? It's interesting. That, it's interesting. When we look at Spotify. Like I listened to an interview. So music, I listened to an interview with this guy who did the company one of the first subscription. I think it was called um, Rap, Rap, Rhapsody. Uh, he was talking about the music industry and that, you know, there's this real transition now where people are going away from buying their music to going to subscription. Like I, I pay 12 bucks a month for Spotify for unlimited music, really. And um, and he was talking about when they first put the case forward to the business firms, they were like, currently in America, we have, let's just say, 10 million people buying music each year and their average spend is about $6 a year. So if we can get a subscription model to $10 a year, we actually make a lot more money out of these people. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes it, or $10 a month, sorry. So 
it, 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 sometimes these models actually are more beneficial for the firms involved. Mm. But it's about mass. So he was saying that the thing is around the Spotify model is that the the like right now everyone's complaining the artists aren't making any money, but the model only really works when they get to the ten million people, and when it's at a million, it doesn't necessarily seem to make the money that they would have in the old model. So it will be interesting to see how this kind of area pans out as time goes on. Mm. Um, Anton Shamaray's got. I would pay similar to W. I, I'm sorry, ITU. If WTC were to broadcast three to four races, three to five races a year, and made replays available after for later use, w, ITU coverage is definitely the gold standard these days. I'd love to know how many people pay for ITU. That would be really, really interesting to see. I don't think it'd be a huge amount, would it? No, I wouldn't. I don't think it would. I think. How many what, think you in Christchurch would pay for it? Oh, handful. A handful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not many at all. The thing, but it's just an added service on top. How they can it? make it, how they make it work. They produce that live for TV, and they, I yeah. think that's where they make their money. Is so they sell some more the, off the top, the, isn't it? The broadcasting yeah. rights. Whereas WTC would have to do a production to sell it out. Yes. Yeah. So it's a different beast, isn't it? John Ellis, hell no, uh, won't pay for porn and will not pay for Kona coverage <laughs> because both are appalling. Oh, you watch a lot of porn, don't deny yeah, it. Yeah, John Ellis. Chris, uh, <laughs> it's bad enough with the live feed but then trying to sell us blenders, eh, Chris McDonald? Let's make it free and make it interesting and it might be an investment in the sport and may just bring more people and sponsors to the sport. If the Tour de France can make six hours of riding interesting, then there is potential to make the Ironman World Championship an interesting watch I think uh, again I haven't watched Tour de France so I can't really judge but from from the feedback I seem to hear is that the Tour de France do a bloody good job of making mm. a pretty boring sport mm. really fascinating like yep. people get hooked on it don't they oh yeah so yeah. there's definitely a way we could do that in I mean uh, Christine McKinley's got possibly if it was not, not too expensive, but I'd rather better cover no ads for blenders, mattresses or whatever else but also age group coverage included not just the front and the pro race uh, what else do we have here Andy Basquez, I would pay big bucks for a full Ironman or tri-channel of the coverage if the coverage was clean. 100 bucks per year, no problem. Enjoy the Challenge Bahrain coverage. Ryan Bray's got, I would pay for coverage uh, if I could watch it at any time. A single payment for an on, I'm sorry, for entire coverage so that I could watch and re-watch it whilst I was on the trail. Pay-per-view, sorry, pay-per-view for a live event wouldn't work for me. Uh, Aaron Freeman surely the cost of one Ironman every two years would cover otherwise I'm paying nothing um, Brett Whiteley no <laughs> Adrian Maisie I'd pay 30 bucks US dollars to watch Kona not because the coverage is good but because it's a great event and I'm interested to see how it unfolds the rest of the WTC events are not very interesting and the coverage as we all know is abysmal 70.3 worlds coverage this year to, uh, took the cake I think their motto was if you can't fail then you don't try you, the motto was if you can't fail you can't fail if you don't try okay Kurt Taylor's got, I would be happy to pay to watch the race with a field like Kona wrote or what they just had in Bahrain no interest in watching a race where none of the top guys or girls are in it a 70.3 pro series would be an awesome accumulation at 73.3 world champs or challenge Bahrain James Botel, uh, if the product was top quality, I might pay US 15 to 20 bucks for Kona. May pay similar for the rest of the season to get some training, uh, some training coverage. Quality would have to be better. I'll say this is my last one. Uh, we've got Morton Paulson, and it's got, I would pay, but it would have to be the end of triathlon. Nobody knew would, uh, wait a second, uh, but this would be the end of triathlon as nobody knew would pick up triathlon sport. Yeah. 
And my last one will be Martin Fredrickson. If they invested the money into the live coverage, then I'd pay 10 bucks easy, but now the coverage is weak. Need more depth and interesting people. I've got a question for you, Jumbo. Well, you I, wake I, up tomorrow? Yep. And they say, next year we're charging 10 bucks to watch Kona. Same coverage, exactly like it is. Yep. Would you pay? Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> only for Kona, though. Yeah, only for Kona. Yeah. Uh, and, and like everybody else said, I would much rather pay. I, I, if they said we're going to make the coverage twice as good and have twice as many cameras out there, I'd be happy to pay twi- uh, 20 bucks. Um, I don't know where my threshold point is where I would not pay it. Um, but but for me... 20, uh, it wouldn't be much more higher than 20 for me. Mm, I wouldn't pay 30. No. So it's interesting price points. Um, but Kona, bad, but Kona would probably be the only one uh, Ironman I would pay for. What about Melbourne? Um... Probably not. Championship races? Yeah, but maybe if, for if people was, in those was, regions. Like if you're, if you're in Australia, yeah, if, you, you if, might watch Melbourne. If there was a season pass and they had the other ones, then I'd, I'd probably look at that. Uh, happily pay for ITU coverage where you pay 20 bucks and you have however many races they have, eight races, and you can go back and watch it all again. Um, and, and that would be another draw card for me would be if there was some added bonuses, say, right, you pay... 50 bucks a year or 100 bucks a year, you get to all the Ironman coverage, plus you then get to go back and watch maybe some highlights packages because that sort of stuff for me is gold getting on the trainer. Well, I think that's the key because I wouldn't watch any of it. Oh. You know, like I wouldn't. Kona, I, Kona I, would be the only one. Kona, I definitely, I make an effort every year when we're not there to watch Kona. I do, I like watching Kona on the rest day. Although you're kind of coming and going, mm. um, but I don't jump on a trainer. Mm. I can't see myself ever wanting to watch an Ironman. I might want to watch the last five minutes. But even then, I don't think I would, because even now it's free and I don't. Mm. You know, so it, it, really, they'd have to make more appealing races. Mm. So it'd have to be, you might watch a championship race. But or they, if the point system was more appealing. But the reason they can make Tour de France interesting is they've got lots of different angles they're going at all the time. You know, they've got, um, I don't know how many cameras they must have, but that would be one thing that they could significantly do better in Kona. It's just having a few more cameras out there. So yeah, but see, see a bit more. And do we honestly production. think Cotton is a loss leader for them, isn't it? It's just the fact they're making the NPC show. If if there's somebody out there who knows what sort of live coverage costs, maybe to give, let us know. Because um, yeah, it's they they don't do. I mean, they the guys that are there are doing the work. They do the best they can with the resources they have. I don't think Cotton has bad coverage. It could be a lot better. Mm. Again, you compare it to ITU, it's 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 weak. Yeah, but yeah. Mm. So, but, but the difference is Kona's not putting on a live TV show mm. you know so the cost I imagine would be tenfold oh yeah you know so it's 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 you've got to go do they good, do a good job based on the amount they can invest realistically the amount they choose to invest that's probably right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this week's discussion are we having one that's got to be the best of the year what did I have uh, yeah, what's going to be the big change in triathlon no we do it in the beginning of next year okay we've got to go what's the best of the year so the best triathlon moment for your year for your year and the sport because mm. we're doing a wrap up show next year John okay next, or next year. week next week even yeah we're going to wrap it up <laughs> righty ho put some music on put some music age crew of the week Okay, John, we've got an email through here, and it was from somebody in particular. It was by Nick Jonesy. I just wanted to drop a quick nomination. Josie. Oh, Josie, sorry. Oh, I thought it was... was Jonesy. Jonesy. No, Josie. Um, For Age Group of the Week, a good mate of mine and a proud member of the Canberra 
Billy's Bilby's Bilby's Triathlon Club but Matthew Wolverine Jackman oh, I yeah. think I came up with that one did you? I think so did you really? Well, it was yeah. pretty obvious Jackman <laughs> well, you know just uh, still claiming it I joined the Bilby's in August 2013 I met Matt or Jacko as he's more commonly known through the club while training for the Canberra 70.3 in December 2013 he was using the race as a building block towards his first Ironman Ironman Australia earlier this year Jacko put on some serious solid hours of training in the build-up for Ironman Australia, balancing his training with his busy role at work for the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade and a newborn child. He sounds pretty busy. Unfortunately, the later meant that joining him for the long ride on the weekend meant an early start. You know you are starting early in Australia when you need some lights to start in summer and early autumn. Other than a small mishap at the half challenge Bateman's Bay where he got split in his head opening in the op- uh, he split his head in opening celebration uh, when crossing the finish line that's not good no. Jacko built up built up went smooth on a serious tough day he combined a 5707 swim a 555 bike and a well paced three ooh, we got under the four hours three he actually did pretty well because he got slightly under for all the things yeah nice under the hour under the six under the four 358 run for a time of 1056 and under 11 hours just under 11 hours uh, 45 Jacko was stoked with his time and is now training for Ironman Melbourne next year where his goal was to go sub 10 Hope you guys will give him a shout out as he is an avid listener of the show and both of us were devastated not to win the trip to Kona with you blokes. Oh, Keep up the good work. There'll always be another chance. There'll always be another chance. That is cool, man, eh? Like a sub-11, like, you know, like, you know, like for guys like John and, and myself when I was in the sport and for a lot of people, you know, getting a sub-9 is a massive goal and even mm. sub-10, you know, you've got to be pretty sharp to go sub-10. Mm-hmm. But a sub-11 for a lot of people is a massive goal, eh? Yeah, especially when you're a, a new dad. Hey, get you're working for the Foreign Affairs Agency. Uh, I've got to say, if you're starting, as you pointed out, if you're starting early in Australia when you need lights in summer... Because they don't have daylight savings, do they? Depending well, on where you are, depends, Canberra. Depends where you are. Probably, they probably do in Canberra. But I'm, I'm picking, if you need lights in summer, you know, you're going to have some five o'clock starts out on the road. Yeah. I know that feeling. It's good. You miss it now, don't you? Yeah, you're, I do yeah, miss it. <laughs> so <laughs> getting out there... <laughs> Getting the balance right, get your training done nice and early at the weekends, so you're there for the family for the rest of the day. Working with the Department of Foreign Affairs, but yeah, I love these well-paced races. 57 swimming. That, that, that is. Nicely. He's really paced it perfectly, isn't he? 57, 555, 358. Have you got one of those, that, what is it, triathlon predictor or something like yep. that, which predicts your times? I bet you that would be what it would spit out for you. And if it's the, the perfectly balanced race across all three sports. So... What's nice the best finish line feeling you've had? Ever? Oh, God, Evan, put me on the spot. What, what is it for you? Probably when I made age group. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I've got to say, Taupo this year. That was the only race that counted in my whole career. Oh, just because the sprint? Yeah, beating old uh, Pod. Pod. Although he was the That was a pretty unique feeling. Was it? Just I haven't had one of them before. Yeah. What point did you know you had to sprint? Oh, not so. Cross the line. I wasn't looking back. No, no. Did you know you had to sprint? Oh, about three hundred meters out. So he was. You were in front, or he was in front? I was in front. And he he was chasing you down, was he? Yeah, yeah. Did you know what was happening? I did when I turned around about three hundred meters to go. And you saw him. How far behind was he? And so, I don't know, twenty meters, thirty meters. And you're hurting at this stage, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a world of hurt. And and so, and so, So there was a pickup of pace, so a good, really fast pace. But then coming in Taupo, you turn onto the grass. It's ever so slow (coughs) downhill. That was just, you know, arms and legs everywhere. Anyway, how far far, was he? Was he next year? I don't know at that stage, but he he, he was literally (laughs) 
three or four meters behind me at the finish. Oh, that's gold. Mm. So that was your best feeling? That's a, the, the most recent one I can remember. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure the good old Jacko, good old Wolverine, good old Matthew Jackman. Nice work. You are our age group of the week. week. Love your work, okay? Stats-tastic, John. It's not, it's, it is fantastic. <laughs> it's stats-tastic. <laughs> you haven't gone there. Oh, you didn't even know that. Yeah. What is it? I'll trademark it later. No, but what would you say? It's fantastic. It's stats-tastic. It's fantastic. It's stats-tastic. Yeah, you tried to steal some of my stats a couple of weeks ago. I did. Uh, and you were jumping gun, the gun, and you're going to start doing the same here today, so just Control stop myself. Okay. and think. Sorry. And, uh, and we were just going to cover this particular stat today. And I've got to say, courtesy of John Levison from try 247com Maybe we should say this section is sponsored by John Levison because yeah. He's, been, yeah. he's provided a lot of stats. Yeah. Uh, as at December, 7, December 7th, 2014, 50 ladies have now finished the Iron Distance Triathlon under the nine hour barrier. Actually, we're going to have two stats here. There's stat one. And stat two, we now have 111 sub nine hour female finishes 111 mm, which that's quite a, it's a bigger number than I realised what was the first one was so you had 50 ladies 50 ladies that have done the feat yep it's 50 different individuals and it's been done 111 times so obviously a number of those 50 ladies repeat, okay. have done it more than once yep yeah, okay. No, that's asking. No, that's asking any questions. That's uh, <laughs> a short segment. No, we we, we will delve into this. Who's done it the most? Can I can we can I ask that question? Oh, come on, John Levison. I don't know if he's uh, One, two, three, if he's four, got that stat there. He may have it if we. You know, no. Uh, here, okay, we'll, we'll delve into this one. I'll, I'll I'm allowed to. to you. Like, yeah, yes. Chrissy's got the most at nine. Then Yvonne Van Vlerken, seven. Rebecca Keat, five. Eric Chomel, five. Rachel Joyce, five. Caroline Stephan, five. Paul Newby Fraser, four. Julian Gager, formerly Wagner, four. Gina Crawford, four. And Marinda Carfrey, four. And then there's uh, lots, a few with three, a few with two, and then quite a few with one for a total of 111. Now, if we are going to go to the next level of geeking out, which hopefully I'm not ruining statistic for the future, but that's cool. So we've got Chrissy in that. But what's been really fascinating, if you look at the years, mm. so, you know, 1991, we had three, 92, I mean, sorry, ones, one, twos, three, threes, one. So basically, they were very rare up until around 2007. Until Chrissy came along. Yeah, but even since then, so even since Chrissy's gone, 2014, 23. Mm. So like if we look pretty much before 2006, the the most you'd have in a year, even 2007, you only had three. So you had 2003, one or none mm. or two. So there was kind of nothing happening really. Then so, Chrissy came along, 2008, and then we had nine. 2009, we had nine. 2010, five. 2011, 15. 2012, 10. Last year, 21, and this year, 23. Mm. So definitely the, the pedigree of female athletes has improved a massive amount, hasn't it? It has. So, Torsten, maybe you can figure out some stats we can delve out of this, whether it's the, the depth of the field, the number of people participating. Um, but it's, yeah, it's. I'd, I'd love to know, yeah, how many pro women there were in 2007 maybe versus today and, and whether the racing's got a lot closer you've got to say that a big part of it has got to be Chrissy breaking down that barrier um, because it's well the, her record is still 
<laughs> his problem is that he's restricted himself. He only goes so far. But no, I think it's um, a sub nine. Can I say what her record is? No, that's a stat oh, for another okay, day. Okay. Fastest female time of all, all time. <laughs> it's impressive. Uh, I just think it's fascinating that so you know these days we go oh they didn't 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 go sub nine yeah. whereas not that long ago when we went to Rote the world record was eight fifty one or eight fifty two well that was, was a big year the two thousand eight that was a big year and since then it's just gone twenty three girls you're just impressive girls we just want to be like you mm. you know I never got to sub nine so I can't even be a chick uh, I'm not a sexist pig. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you'll put some music on, coach. It's gone. Here we go. Coach's Corner. My new themes, John. Uh, the new garage band. The new garage band. I, I'm kind of liking it, I have to admit. But the, the, the problem is, John Bo. Music's on our favourites. They don't have the themes. They don't have the, the different, you know, genres. And so you, it's all just... And then it stops. Yeah, there's no fade out. Oh, dear. Ugh. Life's tough. Life is tough, John. Kevin McPhail sent through this question for this week, and Bevan's going to... He's, he's uh, When we, when we brought this up earlier, um, it's all about the pose method. So he had a couple of questions. Do you have any thoughts on the pose method of running? And he sent us a link. You can go to posemethod.com uh, slash pose hyphen method. So... Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Bevan's going to chip in here uh, as we work through. So one thing I will say is uh, I'm no pose expert, haven't been to any clinics, haven't been educated in it, really just what I've sort of picked up over, over time and, and sort of what I've gleaned from their website. But whoever, whoever's doing it is doing a nice marketing job. They've got their trademarked uh, technique and they're really trying to monetize a running technique, which is uh, interesting in itself. So it's a sport. I've changed your website and I'm not sure I've done a good job of it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even find anything on here. Difference, d- diff- uh, yeah. When you change is not always good, is it? No, oh, maybe, maybe it's just, it just takes forever to load. Yeah, anyway, um, so the pose method. We'll, we'll, I'll go through some some really basic principles. We're not going to delve into this and have a, a, a four hour discussion around it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested in the, 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 the manage to monetize and, and market a, a running technique. It's got some principles that I think are, are really good. Others that, as Bevan said, uh, maybe not quite so good. A big thing about the pose method is it's um, it's a lot of it's centered around gravity helping you to do the work. And so a big part of that is making sure that you have a nice forward lean, which I think is uh, it's uh, it's a it's a, a cornerstone of most running techniques. And by that you can see some methods they use where you actually start to, you're sort of in a stationary position and you sort of have a partner standing in front of you and you get in a nice your sort of running pose position and you gently fall forward and you sort of fall into their arms and and then they let you go. Uh, you do that a couple of times, they let you go and you're sort of in that state of ever so gently falling forward. So that that component of the run um, really like. A couple of other th- areas that uh, may be up for debate a little bit more is um, when you normally run, for most people, you drive off through your foot. Uh, so you're pushing off the ground and that is helping your sort of have, have a nice uh, long stride. One of the key things around the pose method is it's very much a <coughs> lifting your foot off the ground. And so you're not essentially uh, using a lot of the muscles in terms of driving, getting good stride length off the ground. And I, th- I think that's one area that's really 
probably up for debate. I don't know what the, the have, you, have you found your science of sport article? It's a yet? big article. And, and <laughs> if I had seen the show notes, I would have done a bit more prep on this. Maybe I'll do some more prep and come back to it later. But um, yeah, the, the thing about the pros methods, which, which are good, is it does promote the correct posture. Yes. And it's very much about posture, but it kind of very simplifies it because what they basically say is that if you've got the correct posture, that to increase speed, all you need to do is lean forward. So they're basically just saying that's an accelerator mm. and it's not really looking at the biomechanics of your movement and it's not really thinking about identifying the muscles and where you need to think about driving mm. from glute and your support and all those types of things. And so there's some good stuff that comes out of it, but actually I, I think there's lots of flaws that are within it as well. I think if we just take a step back, even just discussing this and, and having some awareness about what you're doing when you're running is good. A lot of people just get out there and run and they worry about their, their pace and they maybe look at their, their GPS and going, right, I need to be running at 4 minute 30 per K pace um, and really don't even think about their running at all. So I actually think at least having a look at the pose method, even if you don't, if you only adopt one thing or even if you don't adopt anything, even just by having a bit more of an awareness about what you're doing when you're running is a really helpful thing. Now, when it comes to the, the forward body lean, I think that's critical, but you don't take it too far. It's, it's, it's a, what I get uh, athletes to do is literally is to stand up in a nice straight, uh, stand up nice and straight, have a, a really good posture, ever so slightly uh, lean forward and just when you're about to lose your balance that's basically the position that I try to get people to be running in so you are letting gravity uh, help you go forward and that's a big thing for me whenever I'm running it's always about running proud and, and pushing forward gently with my chest so that aspect of the, the pose technique um, I like and that's goes across many different running techs, techniques. Another th area of the pose technique that I do like for, for some people is that dr uh, with with regular running technique, as I said, you drive through that that back foot, and that works your calf muscles. So if if you're somebody that has calf issues, um, if you often have shin issues, it can be related to, to calf tightness. The pose method might be worth investigating slightly in terms of lifting your foot off the ground a little bit more. The trade-off when you do that is you're not going to be running as fast unless you increase your cadence. So running speed is very much determined by your stride rate and your stride length. If you're not driving off through your back foot, then your stride length is going to be shortened. You are going to preserve your calves, which may reduce the risk of injury, but your stride length is going to be shortened, so you're going to need to increase your stride rate, which is a big part of the, the pose method, as you said. You've got to Yeah, and fast. to be honest, if you speak to if you, you know, a lot of the reading you're going to do on, on the running stuff is you know that 180 beat cadence is really what we what we're aiming for because we think about we think of energy cost we think okay well time and support time cost of balance and stuff like that if we've got a slow cadence we tend to be more energy output on those types of things mm -hmm. so if we can reduce our energy cost through higher cadence that's actually a beneficial thing and we find for a lot of people um, that they actually have too slow a cadence which actually when you look at their impact because we think of vertical displacement which is if you think of vertical displacement so what's that so vertical displacement represents your hips so if you think about your hips ideally if you look at like a Cameron Brown his hips are moving bugger all as he's running mm. he's almost like look like he's running in a straight line and you look at someone who's got poor running technique who has low cadence and high like long stride length 
what they tend to do is their hips are doing a big W and what we want to be doing is eliminating the time, the W that we have and so cadence is actually a really important aspect around that and the number that gets thrown around a lot is 180 beats a minute and it's pretty hard to achieve though yeah and, and, and actually what we try to train our people to do is to go slow your so what we want to do is you want to achieve 180 beats a minute but try to keep the intensity at the same level mm-hmm. so that what I'm doing is that I'm decreasing my stride length to find that pace first and I train my pace first and then once I've learnt that cadence of 180 beats then what I want to do is start to increase my, my stride length again now the thing about uh, the 180 beats a minute is it's a lot more energy efficient because um, your support and your balance time's a lot less. Um, it takes a lot of time though. I was um, doing some some cadence work the other day, and so my cadence generally will sit between eighty five and maybe into the low nineties, depending a little bit on what intensity. So that one leg. Yeah, uh, yep. so yeah, so, uh, sort of getting up towards that one hundred and eighty. But the, again, this is not something you can change overnight. So when you try to increase your cadence um, your heart rate's probably going to go up quite significantly as Bevan said you've got to shorten that stride a little bit but even even still as you increase your cadence um, it's going to be a challenge but this this covers across both cycling and and running um, you just got to you know just work your way up and uh, you have some some pains and stuff dealing with it early on but as once you actually break through and you get to that that level um you will find you're a lot more efficient so i, I think there's two there's two better ones was it bobby mcgee we had on Who, yeah um, yeah bobby McGee, yeah he's got some good stuff he's it's pretty expensive and i'll be honest i bought it and I, okay i don't think it's life-changing but he's got some good stuff um and there's another one which didn't have very good drills but had a great explanation of um, all the energy outputs and stuff it gave you a greater understanding and I can't remember what it is so what I'll do is I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes to me the pose is pretty basic um, and is lacking some real fundamentals it does teach that good posture which is important mm-hmm. which does tend to help overstriding because if you've got yep. a good posture people won't overstride which is really important because if we think about overstriding ultimately if you're a big heel striker what you're doing is you're putting a break on every time you put a foot forward mm. so what we want to do is we want to at least be underneath our hips you know, and ideally slightly behind, or you know, there's arguments around if you want to be forefoot or flat-footed, but ideally you don't want to be kind of breaking, um, and that's what's good about the pose method. Um, they also do some good work around arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do have some good arm stuff in their in their technique videos, but I do feel that Bobby and I think it was Run Transformation is another one that is really good that, that, to me if I were to recommend two technique kind of outputs mm-hmm. so it would be the ones things that I like about it as Bevan said I think the posture is is absolutely key um, and just by even just looking at the stuff if you can gain more awareness around your posture I think it's a really positive thing um, improving your awareness of what you're doing uh, the one aspect that I do like out of it is the forward lean to a degree um, you don't need if you're bending over uh, ridiculous levels then it's, it's not going to be good but yeah. most people uh, often run quite upright or even lean back a little bit. Well, we so, see a lot of dealing with new people. But we see a lot of bending from hips. Bending from the hips. Yeah. So having a nice straight spine, um, not you know, no need to be tense and really tight. But That's where nice poses good. So they talk about the column. They talk about your head, shoulders, hips, mm. and ankles. Really, should just be that nice long column and a mm. straight line. And that that stuff is good in the pose. Um, and then I think one area for people that have are really susceptible to to, to calf injuries, um, then perhaps that, that that driving off through your foot. If you can look at the pose and maybe take elements of that, then you know ultimately what we're looking for is long term consistent training. And if you're somebody who is injury prone, then I'd be tempted to maybe look at some of these other techniques a bit more in terms of a. It might not necessarily be uh, so much about getting faster, but if you can be doing more more training, if we're 
talking in an Ironman sense, then you're going to become more durable and you're probably going to end up with a faster Ironman time. It may not help your 5k time very much, but if we can figure out a way to preserve your calves a bit more, then uh, you're probably going to find out, uh, find that you're going to go a bit better over the iron distance. Um, but the big thing for me was uh, really if you're looking to run fast and if injuries is not so much of an issue for you, don't really think the pose method is uh, is a great way to go through because of that you're just going to be shortening your stride so much so want to increase that cadence always but ideally we're not trying to reduce our stride length i think one thing that's really important to work from as well <clears throat> and okay, i can't god i wish i remember this other dvd um they talk a lot about a lot of people do the push-off method instead of the drive-through method so when we think about our support phase um that what people are doing is they actually just bending the knee and pushing off and what that does is that makes you quad dominant in your running and ultimately what we want to do is when we think about our, the biomechanics is that glute is the biggest muscles and we want to be using those as much as possible and there's some really good movements and drills to do around um getting that sensation of driving through with your glutes mm-hmm. and we, we often find that a lot of people can develop that strength in the glutes then a, they're driving in a much more efficient way with their body, but B, actually a lot of knees problems and lower problems happen don't happen as much as well because you're not relying on those joints to actually drive the muscle you actually or the movement you're using your glutes. So, um, yeah, it's a big one. It's good to get DVDs, but also if you've got a local coach who has some, you know, mm-hmm. your local coach should have some kind of <coughs> some expertise on this. And these DVDs are really good, but the only problem is nothing is as valuable as seeing yourself so mm-hmm. you know even just videoing yourself while you're running is a really valuable thing to do mm-hmm. um and also um or if you've got a really good coach in your local area who has a good technique kind of things and i think ultimately don't try to work on everything at once mm-hmm. so like what we'll do with our runners we'll kind of just give them one or two things to work on for a period of time and then you know what you know might like be crossing the midline of the body so okay you know think of that sheet of glass don't cross the midline type of thing and um and you kind of aim to improve a thing over like a, you know maybe two month period, and then over time you're just making small adjustments to your running technique. There you go. And uh, part two of his question was, what trainer road plan would you recommend for someone training for an Ironman? And um, can't really answer that one without more specifics. Really depends if you're in season or off season. You know, so trainer road has um, has got some great plans in there in terms of you know maybe doing a specific block, getting doing a 40k time trial block um, and really working on your, your FTP and your higher intensities, that's not really going to be appropriate when you're in your specific Ironman build-ups. So um, also depends a bit on on your sort of training age and what you're trying to get out of it. You know, a lot of new people to our sport doing the intense work is probably of less importance than it is of actually doing the endurance if you're training for, for an Ironman. If you're doing short course, totally different, uh, can be a totally different story. So it really depends on where, where you're at. If you're going into your, if you guys are in your off season though, in terms of North Americans, uh, Europeans, and what have you, really would encourage you though to, to try to hone in a bit on some single discipline focus. And whether you use Trainer Road or whether you start running over the winter, that's when you can make some big single discipline gains and uh, and just spice up your season a bit more rather than doing swim bike run all the way through the year. Trainer Road or, or any any sort of uh, application like that can be a great way to have a bit of bit of focus. And they have got various different plans on there the, the other dvd i was talking about was so um bobby mcgee's one runs mm-hmm. transformation uh and then running evolution the running evolution doesn't really deliver on the drills front but it does give the really good fundamentals of understanding of what you should be working on so and striding on i like striding on as well there's yeah. a, there's a uh, you can still get that through our website if you click on that yeah, there you go there you go there you go striding on um jumbo sponsor 
So as I mentioned last week, Athlinks.com has uh, upgraded a number number of areas of their site, and one area that I like the update that they've done is uh, is with the rivals. And so when you log on to Athlinks um, now, you've got your little summary at the top, and it tells you how many races you've done. It gives you a quick summary of all your your different distances. You can scroll through that, but then also down the bottom, uh, you can you've got results, events, following rivals, and messages. And if you click on rivals, it just brings up your list of who you've raced against the most. Paul Watt from Christchurch out there in Amberley, he's my number one person I've raced the most. 16 yes. times I've gone head to head with Paul. How are you going? 16 and 0. Yes! Paul, you're going downtown. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the cool thing is, is number two, Zanya Morrison, 14 times, and Phil Patterson. But Phil Patterson, as I mentioned to him last night, still 14 and 0. Because he hasn't updated training, uh, hasn't updated his athletes. It could be about 16 and 15 and 1 now or something like that. But the cool thing is, all these, all your names are listed of, of people that you've, uh, you've you've got set up as rivals. And you can literally just click on their, their details. Uh, there's a little plus sign there. And then it just brings up all the different races. You've gone head to head with them. And if I use the old Philinator as an example, it, uh, it's, it's scary reading. I should have I seen him coming. In Kona, because I looked through and in Hawaii seventy point three in twenty thirteen, he was a, a whopping thirty three minutes behind me, yeah. and then he gets uh, nine minutes at Auckland seventy point three, yeah. and then Ironman New Zealand, he was at five oh one, and then and at he's, Hawaii, he's the champion, Hawaii, he was the champion, yeah. He should retire now. He should. He just uh, beat you in Houston. So, uh, it is cool if you've got some some people that you do race uh, on a on a fairly regular basis. It basically gives you yeah, it gives you a quick point to um, dispel any arguments that you might have. You're going, oh, I reckon you were 15 minutes behind that race. Boom, Athlinks. No, there you go. Done and dusted. Uh, they're, they're, this is uh, statistical proof that if that website is down, you know maybe maybe it's an event you've done in the past, and that person might want to be forgetting about that result. You can just pull up Athlinks and say, "Hey, this is how it happened, buddy." Yeah, there you put, go. Put them in their place, and then you say, "Who's a legend?" Yeah, who's a legend? Eh? Who's the guy from Ringhua? Uh From Amberley, Paul Watt. Paul Watt. Yeah. Who's a legend, Paul? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But Paul, we love that you get out there and do the sport. Yes. Okay, questions and answers. We've got a question through from Andrew here, and he's just got run, walk. Hey, guys, love the show. Just thanks for putting it on. Questions, read John's run, walk approach. I see that in training he does a nine-minute run and a one-minute walk on his long runs. What will he do or will be the plan for Kona? Oh, what were you doing there, John? <laughs> Uh, did you set your watch for run walk times or do you uh, only walk at aid stations? So quickly cover that one off. Um, in Hawaii or any Ironman race, I'll basically be walking the aid stations and as a timed walk, I'll basically usually go 45 seconds or uh, so when I'm walking to the same thing. In Marathon, for Marathon, it was 3K run, 1K walk. But for you Iron- walked the whole K? So what I do? I forty-five seconds. Walk, oh, so. <laughs> you no, walked the whole game. No, no, that was. Jeez, that was impressive that you did a two thirty-eight. Yeah. Uh, so Ironman's forty-five seconds at aid stations. Marathon 40, forty-five seconds every three k. Oh, left Scott. Um, overtraining question. Uh, last year I completed my first Ironman at eleven forty-seven, and it was by far the biggest year of training. This year I'm doing three seventy-point-three races. I completed my first seventy-point-three in June, Eagle Man. I PR'd the race by over fifteen minutes. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, after the race, I took the next ten days easy to let myself recover. Since then, my training has averaged around twelve hours a week. Solid. Since the race in June, work has been very stressful. My sleep has been horrible, and my weight is not coming down in line with the volume of training that I am doing. 
More recently, I have lost the desire to push myself into the red zone in my workouts. I actually feel like I'm going backwards. To make matters worse, my coach took a new job and didn't um, always have my schedule ready for the next two or four weeks laid out for me, which just created more stress for me because I couldn't adequately plan my work schedule for important workouts. Although the schedule issue is uh, with my coach has been addressed, my questions for you both is, can external stresses like work, family, etc. result in overtraining syndrome? Also, what would you recommend I do? My next race, Princeton 70.3 is five weeks away. I imagine it was a little bit late. This is where a little bit late on yeah, this time. Yeah. And my last race, Beach to Battleship, is in five weeks after Which this. Which so is probably also pretty late. late. So we've been really helpful here, but, <laughs> but maybe we can help other people. Yeah. Uh, and so, so in terms of, uh, I think this is a fairly common thing uh, in terms of, you know, lack of sleep, increase of stress, and then losing the plot a little bit on on the training front, and so I guess it's it's what certainly not what you're suffering here is not overtraining. You know, overtraining to a sense is basically doing too much training, and because of that, you get injured, sick, yeah, uh, and fatigue, so on. Massive fatigue. Um, often people go and call overtraining often things get thrown in when you get those same symptoms, but you're not actually doing too much training. It's more under recovery. So I think if we look at this question as entirety you know you, you basically you're not performing so let's not call it overtraining. you basically motivation's not there you're not performing in, in your training and then consequently you're going to risk not performing well at races so what can we can we do about that and I'm sure Bevan's going to have some insightful things around this as well mm, um, and, and I think I mean we can't really help in terms of uh, reducing your workday stress you know that's something you need to work through but I think the key thing here that we areas where you can work at is is trying to improve your your sleep quality and if you can get that right then hopefully that will help rekindle the motivation for your training somewhat and you'll start to perform a little bit better so for me what I try to do if I'm going through a, a more stressful period of um, of life whether it be you know lots of stuff on at work or whatever it might be is generally trying to to clear your head before you go to bed and uh, and some techniques you might want to try using is, is a bit of yoga or meditation in terms of uh, trying to just when you hit that hit the sack you don't have five million things running through your head um, also another thing that I do as well is is just try to get as many things down on paper as I can so I know that I've got sort of my to-do list or things I need to work on so again I'm not lying there in bed going Oh shit, I've got to work on that thing for that race, I've got to work on that thing for that camp, I've got to work on that thing there. If you can have your go-to sort of to-do list um, that you need to work through, whether you do it electronically in paper format, but try to get all those things so you go to bed with a clear head um, and, and by also by doing some meditation or you know, I don't meditate myself, but doing some yoga stuff or just having some quiet time hopefully mean that you go to bed in, in a slightly better state. Yeah, so so what John identified there is, is definitely the offload, so the offloading thoughts that you, you can hold on to and, and things like, like I journal every night, I write a journal every night. Mm-hmm. I've, been doing it for, I've been journaling for 17 years now, mm-hmm. out of a day. Nice. Um, and so so stuff like that and offloading, like having a to-do list that allows thoughts to get out of your head, which allows you to sleep. I think around the sleep thing as well is what things will distract me from getting good sleep. So for example, I know if I pick up my iPhone when I go to bed, I'm going to stay up later. So I might play games or I might just jump on the net or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know if I pick up my Kindle, 
I'll be asleep within 10 minutes. So in these high-stress times, when I know I sleep is of utmost importance, how do I offload well? And then how do I go move towards behaviors that are going to guarantee that I go to sleep? Because often when we're stressed, we, we actually go towards bad behaviors. So we're so tired, we think, bugger, someone's jump on the net and do, you know, which means you stay up an hour later. So sleep's obviously really important. I think the other thing to, to really think about, and it's one of the problems, particularly for us athletes, is our way to de-stress is exercise Mm -hmm. so the way we deal with the emotion of our life is to go out and exercise and when we are so stressed from other aspects in our life and exercise isn't delivering that for us we often don't have other ways to deal with the stress and I think that's a really healthy thing to develop in ourselves is what are healthier other ways that I can have healthy emotional outlets in our lives and um, and if you're someone who doesn't have that how do I develop that and so what is a healthy emotional outlet well basically the question I've been thinking about a lot lately is, how do you be a healthy high performer? So you get these people who are high output people, but they've often got these really negative behaviours that sit alongside it. So I was speaking to a guy the other day, and there's no lies. It's been this guy who's in doom building, works like crazy, mm. you know, as you would in Christchurch right now, and he's doing really well, mm. but he drinks 24 cans of beer a night. <laughs> yeah, and, mm. and that's the way he deals with stress, is just mm. to get basically pissed every night off his face, like, mm. that, like every night. Mm. Like that's mm. just... You know, that's a really dangerous path to be going down. And, you know, so I always think, well, how do you get these high-level people who achieve massively, you know, massive high output, but in a way that's actually not destructive for their health? Mm-hmm. And to me, one of the key strategies around that stuff is what are other ways to develop healthy ways for me to deal with stress? So for myself, you know, exercise is obviously a massive stress release for me, but my music is a really healthy thing. Writing a journal, my meditation, and and to have these healthy ways for you to deal with stress within your life um, will help you then get you better sleep. Will help you be able to be more focused on those those you know your exercise. And so, if you are someone who doesn't have those healthy emotional outlets outside of exercise, is maybe spend some time developing that. Mm-hmm. It could be downloading an app. I was speaking to someone the other day and they spoke about I think it's Headspace, a meditation app, and that's what I've been using over the last few days. And very guided, very kind of simple, makes it easy for you. Something like that. Um, it might be journaling it might be a conversation with a good friend but actually having these strategies to go to like it was interesting I came back from Hawaii and I had a period of six weeks where it was just working off my my butt you know like absolutely under the pump high stress high demands had to get good quality output out and I've learned that in those times it's really important that I have these other outlets and so I prioritized those outlets first and it actually meant that they had high quality work. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, like I'm not exactly sure what outlets will work for you, but I do think it's worth developing other outlets. I think the training, once you, you get the sleep, get the stress under under better control, I think your training will kind of take care of itself, especially if you've got a coach in place um, and you'll find it much easier to get back into, you know, you asked uh, about getting back into the red zone. So I think if you can get life in order, the training will cut. Well, that's the thing so. is that when we're stressed, we're not in a very good mind space. No. So when we're not in a very good mind space, we become mentally fatigued. So then mm. the idea of going to do something physically tiring when we're mentally fatigued is just such a challenge. And so. Yeah, you've got to concentrate to be in the red zone. So yeah. there you go. Okay. Ho- hopefully uh, those races went well for you, uh, Olaf. I'm sure we dominated. Uh, John, but I just had one email I wanted to read out. Um, Joe Bex has sent us through just something saying something. And she just said that Andy Balatsky, how do you say that one? B-L-A-S-Q-U-E-Z. Bell quiz? Bell quiz? Maybe. Okay. Blask quiz? Maybe. Well, let's have a look. Blask. Blask. 
That's what Apple says. <laughs> uh, and she just said that he wrote an article on uh, on this guy from Extra. And at the bottom of his email, he said, could you please pass this guy on to the guys from I Am Talk? And I, it was lovely. So I thought I would just read it on the show. I learned a lot from I Am Talk. Uh, I love these guys. Um, I just can't wait for every Tuesday morning AM at start in the States so I get a fresh episode to listen to. That said, when I packed up the family and moved several hundred kilometers away, I was it was a pretty tough I was in a pretty tough place. I felt a bit lost and a bit anxious. Just then the funniest thing happened. I plopped on my phone and in a message a messenger sent a ding and I got a memo. A new episode of I Am Talk was on. That made me feel at home. Two absolutely amusing guys on the other side of the world planet. Uh, of the planet helped me feel at home so just saying nice. thanks and Andy thanks for the email it was pretty awesome made my day good Jombo yes sponsors coffees of Hawaii used to be a sponsor yeah, no, it's, it's a, you're breaking the bad habit <laughs> athlinks.com social networking for endurance athletes extreme endurance you're buffer now a few weeks ago on the show we did talk about how you guys could support us and in the new year we're going to kind of maybe introduce some big announcements say, yeah just so you guys can support us and help us kind of you keep the show going and doing it well. Jombo, what's your goss? What's my goss? Christmas is around the corner. We had the first present openings at mean? the weekend. Well, because Belinda's parents are going to be away, so we had Secret Santas around at her parents' place. And Who'd you have Secret Santa for? Uh, my sister-in-law. What'd you get her? Uh, Did you do it yourself? Pedicure and manicure. What, grab one? Sorry? Grab one. No, 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 just from a shopping mall. Yeah, oh, nice. So I think she was pretty pleased with Belinda, Belinda and her off to go and do it this morning. Was it your idea? Um. Yes. Oh, joint. I had some help from Secret Santa's assistant. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. What'd you get? I got a lemon squeezer. Wow. <laughs> and you really won on that one. And a cookbook. Oh, okay. Cookbook. Why a lemon squeezer? We've got a big lemon tree, and apparently this great lemon squeezer. I've never used one before. It's a sort of a two-handle thing, and you put your lemon in the middle, and you squeeze it, and then you don't get muck everywhere, and you just empty it off. And yeah, I'll see if I we went to it for my birthday. Well, maybe for Joe, I got a Briscoe's voucher. Oh, you talked about this. Oh, did I talk about it? Yeah, didn't know what to get. Yeah. Contemplated getting a soda stream. Yeah, but it just blows my mind away the amount of crap you could buy mm. to help you do things. Mm. Like, yeah. Egg slices and stuff like that. Yeah. Although yeah. I have to admit the egg slice was the only thing I ever think I thought about buying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think probably the, the, the two key good presents that the kids got were um, battleships played battleships with Thomas yesterday oh. D2 sunk and destroyed we played yesterday did you win? Uh, no he was quite good actually well battleships is a bit of a fluke game as well yeah, but he's, he's quite a fluky little thing oh, that's good it's so battleships and then we got a different version of Jenga Uno sort of Uno Jenga what does that mean? Uh, yeah. how can you do Jenga differently? They're all colour coded, so oh, if you pull, yeah, if you pull out a blue three, then the next person's either got to pull out a three or a blue one. Oh. so quite like I quite like my kids' games. Jenga games are good. Mm-hmm. Games mm-hmm. are good, John. So that was. Uh, so what what happens this next, next week? Oh, because it's not Christmas yet, is it? It's not. Got another you, week to go. When do you stop work? Twenty uh, fourth. Oh dear. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've got stop it. on Tuesday. Our podcast. Yeah. Next week, the end of the podcast. It's going to be gold. I'm on holiday. Nice. I'm going to hold it after that. Nice. Maybe I'm going to put it out there. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's about it for, for my week, I think. I think too riveting. Double episode of Modern Family. I was happy with that the other night. You do love Modern Family. I certainly watch it. When we're it. in Kona, because like, in America, you can watch Modern Family all the time. Yeah. And I discovered that's what you do. Yeah. Great. Loved it. What was a Modern Family and what's the other one with the geeks? Big Bang Theory. You love your Big Bang Theory, don't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. My two yeah. faves. Yeah. So that was it. 
Pool pump's broken down. I'm pretty pissed oh, off about that. Oh, pick it up. What happened? Get all the electrics done in the house. Everything's good. Wait a second. Is the kitchen finished? Well, yeah, we're, we're functional. It's not finished, but Wait, we're functional. Wait a second. When's it finished? Oh, getting, You're paying getting, good money here, John Getting labourers and stuff at this time of the year is not happening. Wait, so you're going to wait till New Year? Well, yeah, we've just got to get some tiling done and uh, just little things. Uh, so, does it do your head in a little bit? No, I'm over it. We've got it. Everything's working. It's everything's working. Okay, so wait a second. So then the, the kitchen's getting near. Pool pump stopped working. What Ho- hopefully, it'll be getting fixed today. It's just some electrics thing, I think. Hopefully, I won't need a new pump, but it's, yeah, it's so just how much, frustrating. How much is it going to cost you? It's not that much. Because our, our spa, the pump mm. went? I think it was 1000 bucks. No, nah, it's not that much, I know. It's okay. Yeah. And we're like, do we keep the spa? Because we don't use the spa. Spa's one of those things that seems like a good idea, but you don't use it a lot. We got rid of our spa. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and but we use it. We probably use it thirty times a year. Mm. You know, so it's, it's kind of you know. But when we do, we always like it when we do it. And then a pump goes, and you go, well, a thousand bucks. Did we just pack the spa? Mm. But, but we didn't. Jombo, guess what happened on the weekend? Um, you went out for dinner. You went to the casino. No, no. Fam- we had our family Christmas as well. Actually, as I gave yeah. you a hard time. Yeah. Nana Scott's. Yeah. My family's a bit of a, a, a motley crew of people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of good Nana Scott. Got her, uh, what did I get Nana Scott? Something. Can't have been that good, eh? Can't, must have yeah. been great. Nana Scott, she loved it. God, oh, I gave her my book. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> signed a copy of my book and, and I got her some scratchies. You signed it for your grandma. Yep. Yep. She was loving it. She said, every other present sucks, but even yours, yep. mom, you're the favourite grandson. Yep. Um, Jombo, Sunday came along. It went. Band got together. Yeah. Recorded some songs. You're going to put it on the show? <clears throat> Maybe I will. Wait a second, I'll put one on now. Wait a second. Um, wait a second, the best band in the world. That's the file in Dropbox. Oh, God. Uh, uh, recording. Uh, but wait, here's, here's, the, here's our kind of rocky song in the background. I'll play in the background. Wait a second. Can you hear that? Yeah. Wait a second. Oh, I need to turn that bit up. Yeah. We, we kind of Is that warming up? up? Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, that's this, this, this song. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, wait a second. The thing is, it doesn't have um doesn't have singing yet. The singer's gotta put the singing in it. Oh okay. Listen to this, John, listen to this. Okay, wait a second. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming out now. Here we go, it's coming. Is this you doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's me. The drummer's good. The drummer's sensational. Yeah. Did you like? Got a beat, yeah, yeah. Got a beat. Tap in the foot. So, um. I was just on my mic out here. <laughs> um, we recorded three songs, John. It was, it was a bit of an interesting day, to be honest, because what happened was we turned up. The drummer wasn't happy because we had the studio space. Wait a second. Wait a second. We had the studio space. And when you're recording, you kind of need no one else around. Mm-hmm. And there's two studios, and they booked out the room for some other band. And I was a deaf metal band in the mm. next room. Rrr, rrr, rrr. So we were a bit worried we couldn't record. But we thought, no, let's persevere. And then the guys in the band are pretty geeky, and they've got all the gear. So mm-hmm. we thought we we're going to be fine. Well, it turns out uh, they didn't really know exactly. Well, they did. it wasn't as easy as they thought it was going to be. And so we spent about three hours trying to set it up, and it just wasn't happening. So it looked like there was going to be a kind of day that just wasn't going to happen. And then uh, and then out of nowhere, 
I put my laptop in and my laptop worked perfectly. <laughs> and nice. uh, so we managed to record. So, yep, we've got our three songs. We're going to put some lyrics to it over next week or so. And number one song next year, John. iTunes. Yep, yep. So just listen a bit more. It's good. Yeah, well, we. <clears throat> Off to one of the bars in town. Yeah. That's our rocky one. Okay, wait, here's another one. This one's called... Uh, this one's... This is a bit more calmer. Oh, no, it's the same song. Here's <laughs> <laughs> another one. Here's another one. Wait a second. Here, listen. I have this one. So you cover all genres, do you? This is this is a bit more calmer. Yeah. A bit more... Um, this is... Uh, what would I say? This is... Coldplay, sort of... Coldplay. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> had a nerve. We don't like Coldplay around here. Oh, I'd take the success. <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're a bit more rockier than Coldplay. And then it kind of goes into. See, is this me on the keyboards? Yeah. yeah. I was a bit nervous when I was recording. Yeah. Cripping my pants. Boom, 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 boom. And then this is our. Here we go. It's coming. This is me on, this is me, mm-hmm. and then the guitar comes in. I do like the drama. <laughs> this one gets a bit rockier, so then it goes I'm fast forwarding. Okay, next, next step, recording some, some music for the show. Yeah, it's coming, John, it's coming, listen, it's coming, it's coming. Still, yeah, still, yeah. It's, it's uh, Coldplay. You've got, you've got Coldplay. Yeah, that's not Coldplay. It's I don't know what that is, yeah, but it's, um, it's you, you, you're covering different. You're covering different genres. That's right. We're trying to be. We're trying to appeal to the whole market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scattergun right. approach. So there was, it, was, it was it was actually very cool because it was a bit of a disaster. It wasn't a disaster. It just wasn't happening for the first four hours. And then the last hour, we kind of nailed it. And you know when you do something creatively and you just get on that kind of creative high. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hearing you. Yeah, because you're such a creative soul. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was we were all on very much a high at the end of the three songs. So good. Yeah, good. I'll put I'll put one song at the end of the show. Sounds good. But again, it doesn't have words, so you just have to listen to it. Cool. You have a goss. Have you done your Christmas shopping? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Blind, Blind is pretty good. I don't have to do much. I've basically got to get Belinda a present. You've done that parents' yet? present. Yep. Yep. Online. Boom. Yeah. Turns up. Does she Does she know this year? Uh, Have you heard I think it? so yep. Next year bring it here No I don't need to hide it that badly really? well, If she finds out She finds out But she always finds out I don't want to my, I don't, I'm, As long as I don't my, don't know my present I'm okay Tell her Slacker I haven't seen yeah. her in the gym In about a month uh, She's been gone Well where's the love <laughs> Yeah She's been gone Trust obviously, me Obviously I'm not impressive anymore uh, Okay uh, Anything else No Next week's show is the wrap up show team And make sure you listen up to Legends, Legends of, of Triathlon, Triathlon Matt And there's also Blue 70 Wetsuit on auction That will be up uh, live So if you want to get on that for Get yourself a nice Christmas present for yourself Or a late Christmas present for somebody else Get on it and we've recorded another Legends show for January, and I've just had an email through from somebody else for the next month. Who's so, that? Who's that? Uh, I'll Someone. give you, give you the, the initials. Okay, go. Uh, T, first name, S, second name. We'll just leave it out there. I'm not going to tell you now unless T-S. you get it right. Yeah. T, S. Wait a second. Era. Um, era would be 2000s. T, 
An athlete? Yes. T S. But you wouldn't say he's he. That's good. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> he's he what? might spring to mind. Tabestian Simbali. Tumbol and Simbali. Well done. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Chilborn Simbali. Yes. Reply, just replied to an email. Well done, Bevan. Uh, two-time world champion. Didn't win Kona. He got second, didn't he? He got second. He did pretty well considering he was a big boy. Yeah, maybe he won two world titles, uh, ITU distant, ITU titles. So he won a world championship in ITU. ITU oh, long distance. Long distance. Oh, yeah. So we'll be lining that up at some stage. Oh, I'm glad I got that. Mm, well uh, done. There we go. Okay, guys, uh, see you next week. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia I'm going to put my song I'll put one of the songs on. Again, we haven't got words yet, but you guys can have a listen with it. afterwards. Here we go. Thank you.